bids are in. The gavel has dropped. Ladies and gentlemen, here at WineBid, we are finally hammered. That's right. This is WineBid's podcast dedicated to all things wine auction, wine retail, wine value, and just wine. I, of course, am Jeff McGurn. I work here on WineBid's marketing team. With me, as always, is our wine expert, Paul <laughs> Walker. And you'll notice I have a different background. I actually was on vacation. I was supposed to be back home, but I got stuck here. So now I'm, I mean, I'm always doing it remotely, but now I'm doing it even more remotely. And of course, this is our wine auction recap. So welcome, Paul, back. What a crazy week we had at auction this week. There is a tremendous amount of stuff to talk about. Let's start with some of our high bidders. There's one bottle I know we're going to spend a lot of time on, but I'm going to wait a little bit to get to that. You know, the, the ones that had a lot of bids this week, we had some some interesting German wine that Hofgut uh, Volkstein Fettnacher. I'm not even going to finish that. That's a yeah, that's name. a tricky one. <laughs> yeah, Euch uh, uh, Erisberg uh, uh, Riesling, and that one nine bids took it from. We had four nine bids took them from 25 to 46. I always think it's cool when you see something, you know, some German wine getting a lot of action. I love German wine. And I think there's tremendous value in there. Of course, there won't be tremendous value if everyone keeps bidding on German wine that <laughs> I also want. So uh, a part of me doesn't want to talk about German wine on the podcast, but I think we probably should. What's your take on? on well, what's your take on? yeah, I mean, the first thing that struck me was not just number of bids, but also the release date, right? It's 2021 vintage. So yes. it's not some kind of like 10, 20, 30 year old <laughs> wine. It's a new, it's a new release or yeah, fairly new release, maybe within a year. And that's interesting. Producers, I'm going to guess it's rarity of the producer. I don't know this producer. I'm not a, first of all, I'm not a wine expert. So you're wrong there, Jeff. Second of all, mm, uh, agree to disagree. I, I'm not familiar with, you know, with most German wines, I should say, because a lot of the wines we see are a lot of the same producers, you know, week in, week out. And so I don't recall, and I love saying this, we'll never see this wine again. It's extremely rare. It never comes up. <laughs> I'm just going to say that every time. But no, I mean, right, if you look at this producer, Falkenstein, like we've seen prior vintages of it, looks like 2020, same AP number, number eight, it looks like, and all of them have all been somewhere in the 45 to 50 range. So I think this one just like, well, it got, it sold where it, where it belongs in the market as far as, you know, our prior sales for the 2019 and 18. So this is one of those things where, you know, we've seen prior examples from just last three, four vintages and it's all kind of hammered around the same thing. So I'm, I'm just saying it's rarity. It's a rare one. This. This one is interesting because winemakers Erich Weber apparently, and I have not had Hofgut Volkstein. No, I've never um, seen the label. But, but they make ultra traditional, very dry tasting sour okay. Rieslings. They've got about, from what I understand, I think they have like nine hectares. So it's not like a massive production or anything. So right. um, I think it makes sense for anybody who's interested in uh, your very traditional dry Riesling. Like this is going to be a perfect producer. Let's talk a little bit about, we had the 2018 Mount Mary Yara Valley Quintet. We had six of them. Eight bids took them from $80 to uh, just just about 110 bucks. Um, yeah. And I thought that was an interesting jump right there for those. So there were, yeah, I wanted to sort of tie that into, there are some super rare Australian wines in last week. And this was one of them, Mount Mary, again, right? 
young vintage 2018 not around i mean has excuse me hasn't been out for too long i believe we've seen you know we've seen prior examples of this wine and maybe just a you know just a sort of a smattering of sales of various earlier vintages actually going back to early night or mid 90s excuse me so and they've all been, yeah, they're not inexpensive. So this one is one example. And then the Wendore wines were the other I wanted to talk about because they're super, super rare. And yeah. they've all kind of been, you know, because and I follow these wines kind of whenever they come up in auction. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, I've been on them, but I usually get outbid. And this week they just took off, right? That that yeah. further down the list on number of the O1, bids the O1 was Cabernet the O1 Malbec. Cabernet Malbec. And I was like, Wow, the, like 210. <laughs> that's seven bids started at 75, hammered at 210. Yeah, so, so this stuff is just blown up. I mean, it has been, you know, the last time this vintage was in auction was in 07. <laughs> so, whoa. and so, you know, and then back then, like they were all kind of around under 100 bucks, but even the other Wenderay wines that we've seen have kind of been floating in that price range. But yeah, I've never seen it go for for you know for 210 so or any of them i think so that was cool so there are definitely some some seriously rare and sought after bottles in last week the other thing i just wanted to point out a little further down because it's kind of interesting since it more than or no it didn't more than double in price but there were some irie wines that got a lot of a lot of bids 16 gaia de gromis barolo got Quite a few bids. That was kind of interesting. For more single bottles, got a lot of action. That 92 Colin Delage, Chassagne Montrachet Verge, that got a lot of action. You know, so and we also didn't get to mention these last week because obviously we were we were both out of town or offline. But a number of things that, you know, got a lot of activity. And ultimately, I think. We were most blown away by what? What's coming next? <laughs> I think you were telling me the one you were really watching was a 2021 Bell Gloss Pinot Noir. <laughs> right. That that was but but for me was I? And, I didn't know. Well, that's what I remember. And then I think I <laughs> I had to alert you to what I consider to be an epic bottle. And this is one where I have seen one in person at the actual winery they have one sitting there in the winery and it's not even behind glass like i was joking with them like i could grab this and take it out to i like if i grab this like and ran to my car like do you think you guys could catch me before i could get in the car <laughs> lock the doors open it up and drink and drink it? And, yes and they, they could of, because you'd get lost trying to drive down the driveway, trying, yeah, the driveway which is a pain drive. but they sort of nervously laughed at me <laughs> and i got this feeling that they kind of regretted maybe allowing me in the building but uh well most most say, wineries do regret most, allowing you in the button yes that is true i'm surprised it took them that long but this <laughs> one we had two bottles of this and they got some of the most bids but there were also some of the top performers just in price they started at two thousand eight hundred and ninety dollars per bottle and they ended up one hammered at fifteen thousand five hundred the other hammered at seventeen thousand two hundred ladies and gentlemen this is from one of my favorite producers 1969 chapelet cabernet 
Savignon. Just an epic bottle. For me, it is my preferred sangria wine. I'm just, <laughs> it's a tremendous sangria. No, no, no. Obviously, oh boy. This, this wine is, I've never had it. Paul, you have had it. Talk to me about what it was like to drink this wine. Was it transcendent? Yeah, no, you know, there are a handful that stick out. I can't say that, like, it was far and away, you know, 20 times better than the 69 Mandavi because I had that <laughs> wine. I had that wine at the same time. I had it a couple times past that as well. And, and 69 Mandavi always sticks out as just one of the most amazing California Cabernets and wine experiences I've had. And, and, and Chapelet was very, very similar again at a tasting where, you know, it's not like I'm, I was splitting a bottle with somebody and we had time to, to deconstruct it, but you know, a lot of people trying the same wine type thing. So I got, I don't know, a couple ounces, but it was a long time ago too. So I, it, anyway, it's a phenomenal wine and it's known, I think un, among collectors as well as being, you know, sort of one of these unbelievably amazing Cabernets from, you know, from way back when, when things were pretty funky and especially up on Pritchard Hill, there was nothing else there. You know, we've, we've talked about Chapelet so many times and how wild it was to, that there was this property up there with nothing else around. And as you know, it's extremely, it feels extremely remote, even though you're just a few minutes off Silverado Trail, it's it's like very, very steep and wild it's, up there. So you drive up there and, you, and you're like, you hear, you know, -na 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 -na. I mean, I was a little bit scared driving up and I was going like, am I going to be able to get down here? Is this, is this actually, <laughs> because like, it's not like the other wineries, there's no like massive sign that says Chapelet, like there's like right. numbers. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, to imagine them finding this property in the first place is pretty is pretty well, interesting. And how do the trucks get up and down there? Yeah, that, who knows? It's because it's so so steep. It must have so been steep. a and massive challenge. And yeah, planting and everything else. Just yeah, you're right. Like building materials and and everything must have been a complete nightmare. Oh. But uh, the somehow way. they knew they knew what they were doing because it's incredible wine. So yeah, that's okay. a record for us for sure. That's definitely a record. So. Very extremely rare bottle. By the way, I actually, are you talking about the 1969 Robert Mondavi Cabernet Sauvignon, just the, the regular one? Yeah, which there is one in this week. I have one, actually. Oh, you, really? Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. It makes the one in the current auction look cheap. <laughs> That's at a yeah. 165 <laughs> reserve. There you go. I, I, Could I, be the next I, I mean, it's it's probably not as profound, especially now, I would imagine. But I've had, I had that one not too long ago. I had the Mandavi not too long ago, and it was amazing. It was amazing. So let's finish up a couple of other ones that just had some. Yeah, you know. no, you know what I was going to say? I meant to mention as well, because I, I didn't even get really a chance to, to review all this stuff. But there was some Henschke Hill of Grace in last week also. Yeah. Speaking I saw that. of another, and and that's not necessarily a very rare Australian wine. I mean, it's it's allocated and you know limited production and and hard to find generally. But and I guess mid eighties would count as being hard to find. I mean, compared to sixty nine Chapelet, it's not not in the same category. But still, it got bit up substantially, and if, naturally, I lost my place and I can't find it. But it started at four seventy five at Hamburg six fifteen. Um, yeah. with four bids. I always keep track of Henschke. This is a funny one because we have some family friends who are live in Australia. And one of them is a wine collector, I guess. And my, you know, one of my family members was meeting them in Hawaii and 
they wanted to bring them a nice bottle of bourbon. So they asked me for one and they said, oh, if you want anything from Australia, let us know. And, and I said, yeah, I, I, I like a ball, you know, any vintage of uh, Hinchkey Hill of Grace. Right. And they were like, yeah, sure. No problem. Sure, sure, no problem. <laughs> no problem. We'll, we'll make sure they grab it for you. I'm like, great. And then, then they come back and they're like, um, it's eight hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> at retail no. in Australia. Get, like, it, yeah, get it your, for me. Yeah, what's your point? <laughs> I got you. I got you a sixty dollar bottle of bourbon. I feel like you know the least you could do is get me. The the funny thing is, it is eight hundred and fifty dollars at retail on release in Australia. So you know this is one of those things where yes, it's, it's Henschke expensive. Yes, but on the secondary market, it's actually quite reasonably priced when you consider, you know, what you're going to pay for it at retail. Yeah, no, it's true. And that's an, an yet another, you know, sort of benchmark wine, for lack of a better term, that has just shot up in price as far as the release, you know, retail release pricing. I mean, it's just it's crazy how much more it is now than it was just a handful of years ago. So go go figure uh, now, let me ask you this, Henschke versus Grange. Have you had both? You know, what would you pick all the thing, you know, price notwithstanding? I don't know. That's, same so price. Hard. That's so hard to say because different wines, different different categories. I'd probably just pick Henschke because it's more limited. It's not, you know, it's not a big brand. <laughs> it's not owned by a treasury. But I don't have enough experience. That's the thing. I don't have enough experience, especially with older ones. I I only ever tasted it on release when I used to work, you know, retail years and years ago. So I've had very few examples in the last 20 years that, you know, yeah, I mean, I probably had it, I don't know, five or six times in the last 20 years. Henschke or Grange? Hello, Grace. Yeah. Fennel's Grange had many, many more times. You can taste it down, down the street from us over at the broker's tasting room right down here in Napa. So Let's talk about 1987 Spring Mountain Cabernet Sauvignon. Eight bids <laughs> took it from eighty dollars to one sixty-five. Yeah, that's great wine. So I think word got out because I actually just tasted this with with our friends down the street a couple weeks ago, and everybody was blown away. And eighty-seven has, you know, more much more recently been recognized as an amazing Napa Valley vintage. It always has been. Collectors have known this forever, but I think now it's it's public knowledge in the wine collector realm, as it were. So I'm not surprised at that. And it's it's fantastic stuff. We just tried it, as I said, it was excellent. It's very, very good. Before we wrap up, let's quick take a look at some of the heavy hitters here. Mm -hmm. You know, heavy a hitter is Chapelet, 69 Chapelet is, and a 69 Chapelet is a heavy hitter. <clears throat> I guess on a per bottle basis, it was our biggest lot. However, it was barely eked out by a six-bottle lot OWC of 01 Domaine Romani Conti Latash. I actually think didn't, didn't we? Didn't we we mentioned this, we mentioned like two, this weeks two weeks ago. <laughs> I was just going to say because we were talking about how like you don't really see six-bottle lots of you know OWC of DRC. Banded too. A don't ton. forget this. This arrived to us in a, as a banded case. It's in the description. We don't want to don't want to forget that. So, what what do you mean by that? Like, it, explain them what metal, they case. They have metal bands around them, and it arrived in the original wood banded case. So it had this metal that had to be cut before the inspectors could, you know, review each bottle. And so that's mentioned in the inspection notes, which is which is pretty cool because you don't you don't see those as often. 
Well, that one sold for Mm $25,800, which is a a steal for a banded case, uh, six bottle lot of DRC Latash. But for the money, you know, it's it's definitely a better deal than buying old, old, funky California Cabernet. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, dollars to dollars. But look, let's be honest. The 69 Chapelet, you're not buying old funky Cabernet. You're buying a piece of history. That is an epic bottle. Like, that's a piece of history right there, right? I know. Well, you know, after I believe I explained it to you, I feel like... (laughs) Yeah, it's like true. And Jeff, really until, I, radar. until I met you recently, I'd never heard of Chapelet before. <laughs> well, I, you heard it here on the podcast. This is recorded. Paul said that. We will be using that <laughs> quote again sometime. Maybe it's your hype of this particular winery that it pushed the price it of the 59 so high. So you I, maybe what? you can take credit for that. I honestly, I mean, I have been talking about Chapelet more recently. This did shoot up <laughs> in price. Logically, the two must be related. <laughs> there's there's no fallacy at all there. I take full credit for the uh, popularity of the 69 Chapelet Cabernet Sauvignon, <laughs> which I do believe we've actually discussed the 69 Chapelet Cabernet Sauvignon on this podcast before. So this really, I mean, I think we can safely say this is the finally hammered effect. So obviously we had the, you know, those two going for 17.2 and 15.5. We had a 2017 DRC Romani Conti go for 15,150. We had two bids on a 79 Jaya Richberg. This one started at uh, 66.35, hammered at $7,635. So interesting to see some action on the Jaya. Yeah, that was another another example, you know, wine that had been in auction for a while and then got bid back up after, you know, the price dropped a couple of increments. So... I think, you know, I think that's that's kind of one of those things where, you know, we were talking about price corrections on some, you know, seriously heavy hitter producers and Omri Jai is absolutely one of those. And so that's that's kind of an interesting indicator, if you want to call it an indicator. It's just an interesting example, I should say, of something that that got, you know, got a little bit of action after it had, had rolled when you probably could have secured it for, you know, for the same price a couple of weeks ago, but right. Anyway, always fun to see that. We had 2020 Screaming Eagle Cabernet Sauvignon three bottle lot OWC that sold for seventy four ninety five. That I thought is interesting. I've been watching this because I feel like it's, you know came out recently. It's been bouncing around. Yeah, it's weird. It's it, weird. Yeah. It got bid up more after it had already been in auction for a couple of weeks, which, or I should say, sorry, you know, different examples were sold for more after it had been released, which is rare. Typically the first time it goes up for auction, it gets bid way up. And then, you know, others want to sort of <laughs> join the party and and throw in a lot more inventory and the price gets a little soft, but that did not happen here. It did not happen this time. Well, we first saw it seventy nine eighty five. Yeah. Then a week later, it sold for seventy three ninety five and seventy three hundred. We had two of them. Then right. a week later, it sold for eight thousand sixty. We had two, three lots sell for eight thousand sixty. Uh, actually, sorry, four lots sell eight thousand sixty. Right. Then and that, a week that later, that doesn't make sense. When there's more inventory, the price is higher. The price you know, went so, up. Yeah. Then a week later, it was it dropped down to seventy seven hundred. And then we didn't see it for a couple weeks and or three weeks, and now we're seeing it's dropped down to seventy four fifty five. I guess my right. question is, 
you know, prediction, put your prediction hat on, you know, put your wizard cap on, looking to fill out your crystal ball, looking to the future. Do you think this is going to stick around at 7,500? you think we're going to see it recede a little bit closer to 7,300? I think it's going to slowly increase because, you know, this is one of those very interesting vintages in Napa. It's, for, it's controversial for red wines because of all the fires. And there weren't, there were some winemakers who flat out didn't make red wine in 2020 and there's also controversy surrounding let's just say marketing about you know picking before or after you know fires or let's say i'm just going to leave it at that but anyway there were many fires in 2020 and they were in various parts of the valley unfortunately and so it's a challenging controversial one and i think that's just going to push up the price because there isn't that much you know in the way of 2020 red wine from napa that you know just available so i think this is this is a rare collector's item if you will and we'll see i just think the price is going to keep going up do you think it's fair to call 2020 napa cabs the uh single malt Islay edition of of napa wine like i don't know because i don't know anything about you know about scotch and whiskey so i have no idea it's a little smoky i see what you're getting at but i'm just I'm saying not say that <laughs> okay you folks he didn't say he disagrees he just says he's not going to say it we had a 98 domain romani conti latash that got two bids, took it from 3,800. Actually, they both sold for 3,800. So the two bids were on two bottles. The one that I thought was super interesting that was a heavy hitter was the 89 Dechem six liter. Oh, uh, yeah. Which I, I thought think, was really cool. Did we mention this or was this the first time? I, I think was it we up mentioned the first time this. last week. No, 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 no. This, I think was we did mention this because it, it was yeah. the third week in auction. Yeah. So we did mention this. We did mention this is one that I brought up. Remember, yeah. I feel like so whoever bought that, you paid $34.35, but you probably saved $200, $300 on corkage fees. So I, I think it's just a tremendous, <laughs> you know, you you can almost. I think you know, the restaurants was, have gotten hip to your scam, Jeff. And I think <laughs> they all now specify per 750 <laughs> milliliter. Because I'm seeing that now from, you know, as, as we've gone to a couple of places recently. Oh, you know what I did want to mention before we yeah. wrap up the review, because I Absolutely. know we've got a lot to cover. But speaking of Penfold's Grange, there was a 78.3 pack that yeah. was in at 17.55. So, you know, that's, a, well, I think Hill of Grace would go for quite a bit more just because based on the rarity. Now, I don't know. 78 wasn't the best vintage for Grange, I think like 68 and some other vintages are, are, are much, much more expensive, but still uh, it's a relative, relatively not, you know, not insane price for one of the flagship wines of Australia, especially from, you know, with that much time on it. So, I mean, you're looking at 585 a bottle. I always like to point out that like I occasionally will see Grange at my local Costco on release. And I think I saw 2018 for 599. So 585 for one that's got, you know, that amount of age on. I mean, you're looking at, what are you looking at? 45 years of age. I'm sure somebody bought that for a birthday bottle or something like that. Right. I actually think I've seen a lot of Granges go for closer to the $400 mark. 
Yeah, um, yeah. Four, four, four fifty to five. I feel like you can definitely get grade for. I think this one maybe went for a little bit more because it's OWC potentially, which I feel like I have not seen in auction nearly as much as your single bottles of Grange. So from that perspective, I do think it's a tremendous deal when you compare it to stuff on release. But you're right. 78, not as good as like 81 was a much better vintage for Grange and people. I just kind of feel like, you know, almost any 80s vintage of Hill of Grays is now going to be over 500 bucks, you know, considering the 86 went for 615 you know, up from 475. So again, I just, I think it just goes back to rarity because we had an actually pretty decent history of sales on the 86 Hill of Grace going back all the way to 03, you know, where it was only 155 bucks. But I'm actually surprised that we've seen that many examples of it because it sold quite a few times over the years. But whereas, you know, an 86 Penfold Scrange, I'm sure we've got many, many, many examples. And same thing with the three packs. I, well, I didn't look, but I'm sure there have been yeah, other sales of that. The Hill of Grace I've been keeping track of, and I feel like Hill of Grace has been going for closer to $500, maybe mid-500s. So to see this one sort of break out of that, I thought was super interesting. Yeah. Um, one other yeah. one I wanted to mention, I know we got to get going here, but there was a, and we talk about this producer, it's been kind of an auction darling in the last couple of years, Arnula Show. Latricia Chamartin 2016. And this stuff's been all over the place price-wise. But this particular example got multiple bids. And there's been a lot of it in the auction recently. Now, not specifically Latricia, but this got what is it, three bids, I think, up to yeah, 750 up to 950. So that was impressive. Very impressive indeed. And with that, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up our auction recap. Thank you for joining us for this auction recap. Stay tuned for our preview of what's coming to auction and some of our picks. For Wine Bids Finally Hammered, this has been Jeff McGurn. And with me, of course, has been Paul Walker wishing you happy bidding and uh, cheers. Cheers. Cheers.